0: Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 324. Today is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Also, guys, if you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire Podcast. That really helps us out. Rate this, all that good stuff. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and beyond. So, rating us there really helps us out, really pushes us out into the open. And um, you guys have been showing up with those reviews, and we really appreciate it. So, um, I also want to remind you guys that on Friday, which is the 21st, yes, October 21st, uh, we've been releasing all of our teaching series that we've done on into podcast form And it just so happens that this upcoming weekend, uh, dropping on Saturday, October 21st, is today's guest's teaching series that she did with us, Understanding Your Dreams. So it's a four-part series, really getting into the nuts and bolts of learning how to to operate in dream interpretation. Um, And then the final episode we did was she applied all of that in real time, and she interpreted dreams live for people coming on the show. Which is amazing. It was super, super, super cool to see that just in, in in she's quick, guys. She she had trial by fire, you know. So she's now she's like super quick at it. So um, it was a really great time. So I think it's gonna be a great resource for you guys. That's kind of the focus of these teaching series is to be a resource. Obviously, there is deliverance that happens during a lot of these people just break through all that stuff. Um, getting greater revelation about something, healing, all that stuff, but they're also great tools to equip you on how to operate within these different modes, whether it's dreams or a- anything else. So, uh, again, that's going to be dropping. All four parts are going to be dropping on all of our podcast platforms on Saturday, October twenty first. So, look out for that. We'll remind you again tomorrow as well. So, uh, without any further ado, we're gonna we're gonna run. We're not. We're gonna sprint. That's what we're gonna do. We're not going to, because we got a lot of ground to cover. We have a lot to say, and my guest has a lot to say, and uh, I want to give her as much time as possible, so let's give it up for my guest today, evangelist, dream interpreter, and founder of Freedom Lounge, Cindy McGill. Cindy McGill, hello. Hello. Welcome. I'm back to torment you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, come on. torment someone, but it's not going to be me, Cindy. I'll tell you what. You can say whatever you want on this show. I don't care. I know. I so, know.
2: I really yeah. love the freedom. Yeah. Actually. Well, and it,
1: you know, if, uh, if we ever, if we ever got a slap on the wrist, I'll just say, take it up with Cindy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Wonderful. I know that you're cool <laughs>
1: with that. So, um, yeah. all right. So, I mean, we were already kind of talking about what we're going to be talking about today, but I guess uh, if you can broad stroke, what are we going to be talking about today? What's on your heart to share Cindy?
2: Okay. Well, I want to talk about the fact that we're not living in the times that we were living in three weeks ago.
1: <laughs> okay. So things have changed.
3: Yeah. yeah. And
2: now we've moved into some uh, precarious times, times that we knew were coming. Okay. So it's not like we didn't see ahead that things were going to be stirred up. But now, of course, it's evident, especially in the Middle East with Israel uh, and, uh, you know, with Hamas, all that. And so um, I want us... I wanted to bring some things to us. I think that will help us navigate the season that we're in, how we're going to be able to, to go forward, not be afraid to keep our feet and our, our minds uh, at peace, keep our feet strong and um, be able to move forward because there's going to be a lot of surprises and things that we didn't see coming. Hmm. And, um, and in order for, you know, this is not something that um, we just take lightly, you know, we just begin to say, all right, we're gonna gonna we're gonna watch and see how God directs us in this time. We're gonna learn how to hear his voice very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. God right now, of course, is pouring out dreams. I'm glad that you were talking about um, doing the dream course and making it available for people because it's gonna be a big player. We said yeah, this before. It's a major player in the mm-hmm. days ahead. Uh, dreams will be uh, giving you instruction. They'll be giving you uh, understanding. They'll, they'll warn you about things to come ahead of time. And we see it all throughout scripture. And we watch how God warned people in dreams before some kind of a a thing uh, came out of nowhere that they didn't expect, you know, Hmm. and gave them direction on what to do. So uh, I'm glad that you're going to be sharing uh, the uh, sessions on how to interpret dreams, how to know what they are, Mm -hmm. how to be able to hear and to navigate accurately. Yeah. uh, the other thing we need to do is, I was looking at Ecclesiastes three seven. I think we've talked about this before. That you need to be uh, know when to speak and when to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to. It's the truth. We need to. Know I think a lot of speak. people
1: could follow that right now, Cindy. Quite frankly.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right there in yeah. Ecclesiastes three seven. You need to know when to speak and when to be quiet. Yeah. Because if you if you try and and chime in or get into an argument or get into uh, right now the enemy stirred up people in fear and in panic to such a degree that they're coming uncorked in different ways i was just in vegas okay and i did a training uh, destination training outreach and adventure there and um we went to a little barbecue place to eat and um we were just having food and some guy at the bar got into it with another guy at the bar and they weren't I don't think they were drunk. He just it was just it was a tip off for me about the type of it's a tender box right now because people have been pushed to the limit. Yeah, whether they've been pushed through all of the nonsense that happened with COVID. And then all of the things that have been stirring up uh, with um, uh, people coming a- apart from things that are happening uh, in our country that we have no control over. You know, we seem to not. The only thing we can do is pray, which has a great deal of power. And God is keeping a lot of things, I think, from happening to our country because people are praying and they are fasting and they are taking it serious. And God's hearing from heaven. It's 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. You know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. And I believe that's what's happening right now. God's doing that. He's yeah. literally keeping a, almost a firewall, you know, up. Um, but we also know that there's some very, um, some very powerful things that are trying to uh, come after us and try and and uh, div- I guess dilute or take away from or, or you know bankrupt our comp- our country. I don't uh-huh. know what else to say. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, Cindy, I do feel like it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I was talking about this with a friend last night, my wife and I were, and, um, I just feel like there's a lot of, um, you know, just even in the world and even sometimes in like certain Christian circles, there's all this stuff that's competing for our attention and everybody, this is the most important thing on the planet. You need to care about this thing and you need to care about that. And, and look, there are going to be some people who naturally have um, a a calling to those, those types of fields or mountains or whatever. But I was saying to her, I was like, our friend, I was like, I really feel like God is really pressing on. And I feel like this is for the church at large is pursue him and wherever he's leading you into. So, and and the reason why I say that, and and the reason why I feel burdened towards that is because there's a lot of people who are, that I hear saying, we need to just hunker down. That's what we need to do. And, you know, so if you are praying and you hear God saying the opposite of what that person is saying, and it actually doesn't look like hunker, hunker down, right? Like hunker down, wait this thing out. Um, Which I'm hearing some Christians say that. Yeah what, if God is calling you to do something completely different to that, suddenly you're going to be like, but no, I'm supposed to hunker down. So I'm going to dismiss this thing that God is, I mean, you do. And I just feel a fear of the Lord on just like your job, Jeff is to be obedient to me and Mm -hmm. where I'm leading you to go. And that's why it's so important that everyone have discernment in this hour Mm -hmm. and to press in to him during this, this hour, not even just this hour, like, It's a good common practice, but especially for 2024. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
2: Well, we're, you know, we're heading into some things. It's really interesting because, because we are, he's not going to tell us to go and then pull the plug on it and go, oh yeah, by the way, things are heating up. So don't go. Yeah. Psych. (laughs) You know? He's going to give us tools. He's going to give us strategies and yeah. ideas and understanding and what we're facing and how we move about it. In fact, Isaiah sixty is very clear about that. Yeah. He said, "Arise, shine, and your light will come, and the glory of the Lord will be risen upon you." Mm-hmm. When that happens, people see it, and they they can't unsee. They can't pretend like it's not there. When the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Uh, because you you've arisen during a time of darkness covering the earth and deep darkness covering people Mm -hmm. then it also goes to say that nations will come to your light, and then and people will come to the to the right to the point of your rising you know and the thing about it is i feel like that we are not going to be stepping back we're going to be aggressing forward
0: Mm, you know the kingdom of god suffers
2: violence but the violent break into its possibilities and we, we go forward and we, we just have to navigate wise. He said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, you be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I'm going to give you strategies and understanding by, ahead of time. I'm going to show you where to plant your feet, where to go, when to leave. Yeah. You know, we've been on so many outreaches when God said, get out and get out now. Hmm. And it was time to get out now. Because yeah. we had security coming after us, or whatever else, and <laughs> places that we go, you know, we just we just take our shot. If it comes to someone who 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 um, needs to hear, and they're trapped in in trauma and in in their in their lifestyle, and they're looking for answers, and they're they're I feel like they're drowning, you know, mm-hmm. and we're in there. I want to be able to be available to throw them the lifesaver, who is Jesus, right? and to throw that to them without being ordered out or told we can't be here or whatever. So uh, we've been in places we probably shouldn't have been. But we've also been connecting with people who need to hear truth. Mm -hmm. They need their cage doors open and their prison doors open. And they need to be set free Mm -hmm. from the stuff that they're going through. So um, that's where you just you know, you, you become bold as a lion you just become bold and you say you know what i'm not working for them i'm not working for the security i'm not working for this uh, industry or whatever it is i'm working for the lord of lords and the king of kings and i'm going to watch and see how he wants to conduct himself
0: yeah. in this
2: place and get people connected to him so they can be free from and get out of these traps you know yeah. these they're, they're just nothing more than traps that keep people it reminds me of uh being in the woods or something and you you see a badger or a raccoon or something and their foot is caught in a trap and they can't get it out, you know, and you happen along and there they are and and they're going to fight you at first because they're in pain,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, they're in pain, but you, you, you know, carefully go and, and take the trap apart so that they can be free. And once they're out of that trap, they can begin to heal. Okay so i I see in pictures a lot and Mm -hmm. but i think about that and i think about this is what we're doing right now we've got a lot of people who've never heard of jesus they don't know about him they don't know about his about god they don't know that god is there they don't even think he's there but there's also a power we have two kingdoms clashing right now we have the kingdom of heaven that's increasing with power and we're seeing amazing things we're watching radical salvations take place Mm -hmm. over people but you also have the kingdom of darkness that is is uh i always call it um he's satan's triggered you know he's triggered he's just pulling out all this stuff you know and nonsense and he's he's causing a distraction and trying to hijack he's literally trying to hijack what god's doing
1: Yeah. Well, and to your credit uh, what you're saying, um, you know, like, I don't know if you, you were following or if you know who Kat Von D is, she was like a famous, yeah, yeah, she's like a famous, Oh, you do. Yeah. And so like, she just got baptized and, Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, (laughs) the kingdom of darkness can use religious Christians as well. And, and if you would see some of the comments, that people were saying about her rather than rejoicing. And this is something that you see quite often if a celebrity actually comes to the Lord rather than covering them with prayer and celebration and all that. You see these types of people come out in droves that are just like, she's not really saved because she didn't get, she didn't get baptized the way my church does it or all (laughs) these other things. And I'm like, it's horrible, horrible.
3: You know, In
2: in Mark eight, Jesus, they were uh, the disciples were all talking about bread. We don't have enough bread. And he was saying, don't you remember when we you know, had a little bit of bread and it multiplied to that kind of thing? And then he turned to the disciples, Jesus did and said, beware of the leaven. Of the of the Pharisees, mm. beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. Now, I want to break that down for us, you know, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, the Pharisees are the religious. And if we allow them to, they're the same ones, the same spirit. You remember when Jesus said to Peter, you don't even know what spirit you're of, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and they were the ones that put Jesus on the cross were the Pharisees. It was the religious leaders. It was the mm-hmm. ones who didn't want it his way. They wanted it their way and they wanted. it in its spiritual pride. Let's just say it. Yeah, It's spiritual pride. And it's ignorance about the the spirit of the Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit wants to go and do things. And so then you've got beware of the leaven of Herod. And that's the government, or that's the people that are in ruling or in charge. And you have to be aware of what people are telling you to do that God hasn't told you to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. Now, and and so there's this clash going on right now. When we were um we went to a it was kind of a a gay pride pagan type thing i have uh-huh. some video on that on my youtube you can go watch it for yourself and um and there was i had the hand of a young girl and i knew that she said she was um becoming a witch she said but i got a hold of her hand because when i do that i feel the power of the holy spirit and so does she so do they no matter who whenever i get their hand i can feel god's power reaching into them and mm-hmm. it's organic so it's not something I have. It's something God has. And I just always get a hold of their hand because if they can feel his touch, it will, sh- it will take all of the scales off of them to where they can begin to relax and realize that there is someone bigger than them. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when I had her hand and she also was selling crystals and, okay. um, and so uh, I got a hold of her hand and across the street, um, it had gotten out as they had advertised that they were going to be doing this type of a, event so some religious people got across the street with bullhorns and they started shouting curses at them basically you know your are that
1: really works that's really effective
2: <laughs> can you imagine being a seeker being someone who's looking for spiritual yeah. something okay let's just call it she was she said she was becoming a witch that's just spiritual hunger man They wouldn't become a witch if they could see the raw power of the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't Mm. even be drawn to that. Yeah, there wouldn't even be an attraction Mm -hmm. for that kind of thing because it is pure love. It's one hundred percent. Jesus is pure love, and and yet they they were they were doing contrary to what Jesus would have done. And I got a hold of her hand and I said, "I'm so sorry that you had to listen to that. That those words are not meant for you." Mm. And so I just basically. Repackaged Jeremiah 29 11 and said, You know, the creator knows thoughts that he has for you when you were made and what you're designed for, for you to have a future and a hope and to be healed and to walk in that light, you know. And I just went, This is so sad to me. And I, I left it on the video so people could see the type of damage that we do when we are thick minded, when we're not Christ minded. When we're thick-minded, stoked in our spiritual pride in religion and mm. what we think, and then we try and say, "Oh, come and join us." Well, who wants to do that? Right. Who,
1: that's not appealing I mean, at all.
2: At what what level do people say, "Oh, goody! I'm going to come be like you, and I'm going to get a bullhorn, and I'm going to start uh, cursing, basically Christian cursing people mm. with words that that you know that Jesus would never use." even to the woman caught in the act of adultery, even to Mary Magdalene, even to, you know, all the people who, who sought him out to get healed when he raised their dead family members, and he would never do that. You know, John three seventeen says God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world. but So if God didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn it, I doubt he's going to send us. Yeah you know, I mean, it's just we have just fallen for this, this terrible, you know, I'm better than you. I'm saved, you're not. Um, It is nothing more than a than pride on epic levels. And we're not better than anyone else. We just have a savior who's better. And he, he he rescued us out of darkness. Yeah. Well, we were desperate, just like they are. Mm-hmm. And he took us, even while we were sinners, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give.
2: You know, and we have just so forgotten that, that we have to try and shame people into a relationship with someone who never shamed them. He's yeah. the shame taker. Mm -hmm. and so um we have to get another idea and you know i guess when god was teaching me because we've been saved a long time i can go back and watch all the videos i've got stories Mm -hmm. tell my whole story you know yeah but god was like you you know you that might have worked in 1970 but it's not working now Mm -hmm. and there were times when we would pass out tracks and we would You know, do all these things and miracles would happen and that kind of thing, and we thought we could get someone to pray a sinner's prayer, which isn't even in the Bible. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I was thinking about that the other day too. Yeah, that's
2: and we, but we did all that thinking we were doing the right thing, and at that time there was some grace for it because you know they didn't have the the type of world that we live in now. Things were not as charred up, you know, churned up as they are now, and so now he's saying. I, I need to, for you just to love them. I owe no man anything but a debt of love. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, love never fails. And so when we have an opportunity to get a hold of someone and, and God has appointed the divine encounter, that's what this is. It's a divine encounter. Then he's got the words. He's He allows them to feel his power and presence. And we get to mm-hmm. identify to them what that is. Yeah. So is we don't awesome. try and. We don't try and convince them of anything. We're just like I it's like Paul said, I didn't come to you with persuasive words and speech. Yeah. I came to you with a demonstration of the power of God. It's like and so now people are looking for you know, what wh- where can I go? I can't trust church. I can't trust people that I know that that have been in church. I can't trust. I'm afraid to 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 sh- to bear my soul to people because I'm afraid they're going to just condemn me. They're going to make me feel worse. And so there's this, there's this um, walking with them, as they walk through their, their trust bridges that need to be built up again. But honestly, God's changing the face of the church. And he's going to get us to a point there. He's in process of of doing a couple of things right now. He's in process of changing us to be more like him. And he's in process of allowing the world to become dark to where people seek light. They're looking for light. It's definitely
1: easier to see. Totally. Yeah.
2: You know, I, I, I think I've said before about my husband, Tim, he was praying one day, walking around praying. And he said to God, you know, people don't like the church. And God said, but right back to him, spoke right back to him and said, they've never seen the church. And he said, well, they don't like Christianity. And God said they don't like powerless Christianity.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so what we've done is we have diluted Jesus down to a formula yeah. or to some yeah. sort of a condemning voice uh, that he's not. And and we have taken Satan's identif- identifying factor of what he wants people to think about Jesus. And we've, we've uh, agreed with it.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's sad. Yeah,
2: It's sad in the church that we've done that because people deserve... A better, we—they deserve a better God. They deserve a loving God. That they deserve to know that God loves them in the middle of their. To mess. know the real Him. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just, you know, so I believe God is is really going to. There is a huge shaking coming to the church, and we are the church. And so. have
1: you? Uh, do you have any insight into what this is going to look like, or is it more just like, hey, I don't know what it is, but there is going to be something that's just going to shake those. I think
2: some th- of it's, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think some of it's going to be God's going to arrange um, divine encounters, I guess would be the best way to put it with people who won't put up with your nonsense. Hmm. In other words, they're going to be almost like a spokesman (laughs) for him. And I know that may not set well with people, but I've seen it happen even in myself when, when I've, I've gone into different places and I've wanted to be available to God to speak truth to someone who's really trapped and they really need help. And they're, they're literally getting ready to take their life, you know, or whatever. And they've spoken back to me, something that they heard me say, and it was, I was grieved at the way that it came out because that was not what they needed to hear. And I, I, I had an opportunity in some cases to go back and say, I'd like another try, you mm. know, at being able to communicate. Because that's what humility is. And God will make a way for you. And they're a whole lot more open if you're real. Like yeah. I've, smell I, a yeah.
1: And I've found if you can say, I think there's this, uh, this burden we put on ourselves because we know the way, the truth and the life, right? We mm-hmm. know Jesus and that's who he, he says he is. Um, yeah. So we know, we know him. I think there can be this burden that we place on ourselves where we go, okay, so suddenly now I need to, I need to have an answer for everything. Oh yeah, and I've actually found, and I'm sure you have, Cindy, as well. Of, of there, it's actually pretty liberating to say I don't know, I and, don't know. And I've had people go, "Wow, I really, I really respect you for for saying that." Mm-hmm. You know, and all it's a weird, it seems backwards. Your flesh goes, <laughs> "No, I, I can't pretend, I can't even show that I have no idea how to answer this question." You know?
2: Yeah. Well, they can smell an agenda. Yeah. And they know when you're fake and yeah. phony. And I know that too. I mean, I'm like, I'm just trying to be as genuine as I can here and Mm -hmm. share, you know, share an idea in a, in a, in the fact that you've got someone who's got a great big net, who's willing to catch you and to bring you out of your muck and your junk and bring you into a brand new life. And a lot of it now is happening through dreams. We know that Jesus is showing up to people in their dreams and he's revealing himself to them. And sometimes it doesn't take us at all. But I do feel like that we have got to learn how to love well, Mm -hmm. we have to learn how to love better, we need to learn how to and and we need to learn that he loves us. That's another that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. Man, we love because he first loved us. Yeah. I mean that's really where it's at and so mm-hmm. but we've gotten to where you know oh it's a job and i have to do it and i have to get caught up in this and i've got to be good at it and whatever and i can tell you i should write a book on how many stupid things i've done and that might help people <laughs> a lot Oh you know?
1: man, hey because, C- sorry go ahead
2: no it's just I'm well really-
1: so cindy i something i actually want to i want to pause here for a second um because Specific, addressing specifically Christians who, cause I was watching, there was these like famous YouTubers um, that used to be Christian and they've since, and some people might know who I'm talking about, but they've since renounced Christianity, gone through the whole yeah. deconstruction mumbo jumbo thing. Um, but one of the things that one of the guys was talking about um, in a recent podcast was he was saying how like it was liberating. It's, it's liberating for him to renounce Christianity because He's like, whenever I was a Christian and I'd meet someone and I'd really like engage with them, you know, they could be in this case, it would be a non-Christian. And he was like, there was always this burden in the back of the mind. I'm like, I possess the truth and I have to tell them about Jesus. And so you're you always feel like you have this ulterior motive. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I know that you spent a lot of time with the 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 non-Christian world um and so you really walk this out because i think that it was interesting because yeah i mean it's really sad what he said like that was his conclusion and like he left left you know the christianity as a result but I, I, there's more to it than that you know it's not i think um i, I would just love to hear your thoughts on that i've just maybe oh, yeah. like if there's anybody listening who who is in that place of they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm actually really struggling with that right now of like, I don't feel like I can really engage with somebody just as a human being because I'm like, but I'm a Christian and I'm supposed to tell them about, I'm supposed to fulfill the great commission. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause I think it's really going to help some people.
2: These are all false responsibilities that we placed on ourselves. Jesus didn't even place them on us and what they're, what they're disconnecting with is not so much Jesus in himself. They're connecting with religion. And what religion has done, and how it's it's boxed us in to a certain way that we think we have to be, because when people find it's like it's like the um, the Song of Solomon, she got up in the middle of the night and she went seeking for the one she loves, and when she found him, she said, I, "I held on to him and I would not let him go," hmm. because when you find love, who is God, all the way through, He loves you all the way through. He loves you in whatever condition you're in. He loves you and all the mistakes you've made. He loves you and all the things that you've gone through. And he's he is at work within you to bring you onto the right path of what you're made for. And so that's why I tell people, and I've said it in my book, Words at Work, and I don't identify with the definition of the word Christian, hmm. because the word Christian in the world is not anything like what I know it and what you know it to be, yeah, because we have really a personal good. relationship with him. And once they find him, there's nothing that will satisfy. There's nothing that will ever uh, take the place of a loving God who loves you. It's it's like I saw a meme and I posted it for a while and it said, it said, um, I, I screwed up and one, one uh, thought was my dad's going to kill me. And then the second thought was I screwed up. I've got to tell my dad. Yeah. And so when they said, I've got to tell my dad, that's relationship. Mm -hmm. In other words, when we screw up, we go right to him and go, you know what? We're just journeying through this life on this planet because we're going to live with you forever, right? And so we screwed up and we just need to tell you. We just need to go to you and tell you, and, and you need to help us get understanding on this. Break our bread, make sure that we understand what we're doing because he'll bring correction and when he brings he he who the lord loves he'll discipline right but he brings it in such a loving way that you're not afraid of it and you're not running from it you're running to him and he's bringing you into a place where he can say okay let me tell you from my perspective how this looks and what how this goes and the fact that i'm not blown away you know when i started going into the porn convention i had so many people that if i had told them i'm a christian and um, I'm They'd be like, interpreting- security.
1: <laughs> Get her out. <laughs> they would have,
2: they would have, because they feel already shamed. They feel already bad. But because I'm a mama, I'm a mama, and I, I am somebody that I understand what what girls go through. I don't know what guys do. I know what girls go through. And when I when I define myself that way, they were wide open to receive me why? Because a mama is relational. A mama is a relational person and someone that isn't going to I mean some people have had bad mama experiences. Some people have had b- bad daddy experience I mean all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. You know, I have daddy issues and that kind of thing. Well, there's no dad there or dads haven't been present and I appreciate there's certain groups that are now raising up saying make men men again, you mm-hmm. know, so they don't become women. Yeah. Um, And so there's this whole gender confusion, weird stuff going on. But, but God is, is they're not the people that you're talking about specifically on podcasts. They're not saying I am so free to be done with Christianity. They're saying I'm being, I'm free being done with religion and the, the uh, hooks that it's put in me and Mm -hmm. the, the confinement that I felt being so boxed up. And told, I can't do this and I can't do that. And that's just bad teaching. Yeah, That's just bad teaching. And it's definitely bad expectation because Jesus never put that on you. Yeah. Well,
1: and
3: Jesus it's so
2: intoxicating.
1: Yeah. And it's it is really intoxicating to be around a believer who knows Jesus. And you can mm-hmm. tell they know Jesus. It's infectious. Yeah. And you go, man, there's. I want to know, God, I want to know you like they know you Yeah, and they can, you know? And, and I think too, it's like letting go of that burden of like, and what was sad too is like, these guys even look, they, they had clearly created a separation between, I can't really get to know someone and value what they, who they are as a human being, unless they're a Christian. And, and so the, the burden of that of like, so I need to convert them. Um, in order for me to value them. I'm like, I worked with non-Christians back when I worked, you know, for Trader Joe's, I worked with them a lot. And I, they're, I love them. Like they're amazing people. And they were like, I can't, yeah. I couldn't learn anything from anybody. And I'm like, uh, unless they were a Christian. And I was like, what? Like I learned from, that is such from a lie all the time, it's just, just, just as human beings, you know, like, um, Jesus
2: ate with everyone.
1: Yeah, I've learned stuff about character, how to be a good leader, all those things from a lot of non-Christians. Right. You know, so Yeah,
2: Jesus ate with everybody. And how many people have we really taken the time to go hang out with that aren't yeah. that aren't necessarily believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about um uh St. Patrick. There's a book called uh, Celtic Way of Evangelism. And um and he did this thing where he got all these artists and people together and they would come and they would be uh, hanging out using their gifts, their art, their music, whatever. And they would, um, they would uh, hang out with people, each other, right? And the motto was, you can belong before you believe. You can belong before you believe. And so it's like, when do we, hmm. when do we just make a table for people and go, just come eat? It yeah. doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what kind of situation you've gotten yourself into. I'm going to be a friend. Jesus is a friend to people that don't know him. He's a friend to the sinner. He's a friend to people who, and, and I hate the word sinner. Can I just tell you that? I hate it. I hate that word because to me, it's a label. It's a label. We all fall short. We all did. All of us did and yes we we were sinners but you know what and we still sin sometimes we still blow it in the body especially yeah you know there was that radio announcer one time said we in the in the church have a problem with people who sin differently than we do
1: yeah that's, I really and like it's that. like
2: you know we we have just got to get over this spiritual pride mess and all the stuff that we've done and just be him to them and just love people and if if they're meant to be in your circle or in your tribe are you, you know, you're meant to have relationship with them. They're going to come back around. You will befriend them in whatever condition they're in. And that's what Jesus did. That's what we did at Burning Man. That's what we did at the porn convention. Mm. That's what we've done at at all the gay pride in different places. We just befriend them. I'm not here to judge them. I'm not here to condemn them. I'm not here. That is not my job. My job is not to condemn people in the lifestyle that they've chosen. It's not my job. The Holy Spirit convicts of sin, not me. And I'm just there to love and to be available and to answer questions and to bring truth. And the truth sets people free. But they're only going to receive truth when you are not a threat to them. Yeah. When you're when you're, you know, and my story is not their story and their story is not my story, but I can still be I can still let the love of God come out of me because I want that, too. Yeah, I want him. I, I need unconditional love. When do we measure it? When do we say, well, you know, when you do this kind of stuff and you've done that much junk that many times, he stops loving you then. Hmm. Well, not according to the Bible. Right. You know, it's like you forgive people seven times 70. It's like, and and people just don't know. There's no way to measure his love. He doesn't have a, a, a gauge. He doesn't have a tape measure or anything to measure how many, how, how he will stop loving you. Yeah. Uh, Psalm one thirty nine says, even if you make your bed in hell, mm-hmm. he's right there. Yeah. But look at the thief on the cross. You know, at the last hour, last moment. Yeah. There was Jesus right there, and all he said is, "Remember me today." Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. he says, "Hey, today you'll be with me in paradise." I mean, it is one of my pray. favorite. He didn't yeah. pray the sinner's prayer. No. He didn't, didn't do anything. Repent. He didn't get baptized. Didn't get, didn't do baptized, any... didn't get he anything. Didn't do nothing. Yeah. Right. He just said it, and Jesus was that quick to grab him. Yeah. and Take him. And, and some
1: would even say, I mean, especially among, uh, many of our scholars today, not that I'm knocking scholars, but th- that can be a, a sh- that can be a stronghold in certain people's lives, uh, definitely. But, you know, it's just like the, if that had been said today it'd say Jesus was crucified and you witness the thief on the cross saying that people say, oh, he didn't really get saved. He didn't get really <laughs> saved because if, if this didn't happen and that didn't happen and da, 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 da. Um well, he and so that's one Jesus
2: of my paradise if he Well that's one of it's one of know? my favorite
1: moments in the New yeah. Testament. That and right. the faith of the centurion actually those two. Yeah. Which interesting both of them are very unorthodox. Yeah. Uh, things that happen uh in Jesus' ministry, so yeah.
2: Well isn't that what's going to happen now? And I think we're going to see it. These are some things I feel like the Lord's showed me. We're going to start seeing Saul become Paul. Amen. We're going to see chief sinners, people that Blew it big time, persecuted, did all kinds of horrible things. We're going to watch them have an encounter with God and they're going to become new people. What are we going to do with that? When they've been very public about their evil, they've been very public about the things they've done and the ways that they've treated people. What are we going to do?
3: Hmm.
2: How are we going to treat them? What are we going to do now? You know, I'll tell you what, this is the time when you just say, This is my father's world, you mm-hmm. know. And he's going to do what he wants to do the way he's going to do it. And he's going to do it. Just sometimes he will, he will, um, offend your mind to reveal your heart. He's done it to me and keeps doing it over and over again. He will, he will offend my mind to reveal my heart. And I guess all of our journey is not so much that we get so many people into the kingdom as much as we become like him. Mm -hmm. Like what you're hearing.
0: Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show.
2: That's what he's doing. He's cleaning us up to be like him without spot or wrinkle where we can just go, you know what? I just blew it. I blew it a hundred times. And God says, I know, I know you did. And I'm still right here with you. I have not left you. I'm not going to forsake you. I've got you in the palm of my hand and nothing shall by any means pluck you out of my hand. And so we just need to start being human beings. (laughs) We need to start being human. I just had this conversation with someone. We're human beings, not human doings, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we just have to be able to let God just be big in us. And that's where he's going to show his goodness and kindness. And we don't have all the answers and we never will. Uh, But, you know, we can share the goodness of what he's done in us and how our lives changed. And what happened there and how we got free from being so judgmental and critical and religious to people. And I mean, I repented a million times when I got out into the Burning Man arena, where there's 70,000 people, 80,000 people, and they're all wandering around. And most of the people that came to Freedom Lounge, that was our tent where we gave the Holy Spirit permission to move. They were church hurt. Hmm. They'd either been pastors, youth pastors, teachers in school. They grew up in church. They were church hurt and they'd been blown by people that treated them horribly. You know, the, the Bible says that when a a brother is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one. And we haven't done that. When a person is caught in any Mm. trespass, we crucify them and, and finish off our wounded. And I'm telling you, there's this, there is this whole change of heart that God is going to teach us and he's going to start showing us his love. And when he does, it's, it's a humility thing that happens. You start realizing, Oh my gosh, that was my first response. When I went to Burning Man, I said, I I'm doing it wrong. And he goes, I know (laughs) that's how he, he did.
1: But look at his grace, (laughs) look at his grace. And like, he wasn't like, and you're out you're on the bench, you know, I found out that
2: where sin abounds, grace really does much more Mm -hmm. abound. Yeah. And um, I'm telling you, it it was, it's been, we had to go through some real major changes in our thoughts in the way that we, we saw him the way that we talked about him. He said, don't call me by my name, call me by my attributes Mm. because people need to know that he's loving and he heals and he's, he's a shame taker and he's a, He's an anchor and he's the ancient one. And he's the one who, you know, he's peace. He's joy. He's, he's strength. You know, he's everything and he's the burden bearer. He's the one that takes your stuff. He's the one that wipes it away from your life and mm-hmm. gives you a whole brand new one. And, um, and he doesn't hold it to your account anymore. Who would want to disconnect? Who would want to unravel from something like that? Who would want to not be a Christian now because he takes your sin and removes it from you. As far as the East is from the West, doesn't remember it anymore. And so why would you want to disconnect from that? You know, it's like what they, what I feel they were disconnecting from was all the bondages and all the crap that the churches put on them. And I can say that because we pastored four churches. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And, coming
1: from a place of authority in this,
2: <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I've seen it way too much and we just got caught. In this consumer mindset, in this performance mindset, in this big church mecca thing that everybody had, you know, where pastors stand behind ropes, approachable, and you're not even able to talk to them and they're not able to talk to you. And so now what? Uh, And so we were like, what are we doing? This is the saddest thing of all. People need to have an ability to talk to you. And yes, there's going to be users and there's going to be people that are in the revolving door. But you know what? That's really not your biz because God is the one who created them. God had to He scolded me. I was out at Burning Man and he said, Cindy, he got my attention because I was so like into watching people want and wanting them to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit so bad. And Cindy, he said, Cindy, you didn't die for them. I did. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you know, like, yeah. So when they because then when they walked out and they didn't get an encounter or they didn't have an opportunity to meet him or something was said in a wrong way or it put up a wall or it caused, you know, uh, I call them language landmines, you know, because we were all learning. And I went, oh, no. And he goes, you're not the only one I have. I have other people that I can use it. He said, but but, you know, you you're not the savior. Mm. I'm the savior. And he said, I will make sure that, you know, and, and so we had to learn, we had to learn to, I I probably unlearned more than I learned hmm. in, in 50 years of walking with him. I unlearned. I had to go back and read the gospels myself.
1: You actually just quoted Yoda. Cindy.
2: <laughs> I didn't Bethany know that. He says
1: to Luke Skywalker, he says, you must unlearn what you've learned. And I think that that, I, I like that line because there's so much structure, man-made structure that we build on top of sacred land. If you want to think yeah. of it that way of, of, of places that are only meant to be occupied by the Lord um, right? and Oh, but I need to do this and I need to do that. And I think that there's a lot of that's ended up pushing a lot of people away from Christianity where they leave. Like you were saying, it would have
2: pushed to- me. I would have been pushed away.
1: Yeah, it's very unappealing. And I remember like, I mean, all of us, if we can recall back to our salvation moment, it was this absolute freedom we felt and this, uh, this uh, elation as a result of meeting the person that forgave you, that, that, that died for your sins and, and, um, just, Walking through the Christian life, if if that's not me- if that's not kept fresh, um, then you just become this like nasty pond scummy still water thing, you know,
2: I do. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in the presence of the Lord, there's joy. Yeah. You know, and that's our the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. And so when when you if you can just be a human, if you can just be a human on planet Earth, you are created in his image as a human right now. Eventually, when we see him, we're going to be like him, right? Yeah. But in the meantime, if we can just be human and stop being so stucky, stuck up and weird and stuffy and all the weird uh, stuff that goes along with thinking that we have to achieve or arrive at something or any of that kind of thing, and we can just be real with people and then they're going to come around you. And now you're like a, you're like an aroma of him in every place instead of a stench. Yeah. And you you have the bread of life. You know, he told me that when I was at Burning Man, he said they want the bread of life. They just need him in a different wrapper. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They need him in a different wrapper. They want living water. They just want it to be fresh. And he said, You need it to be fresh. And you need the bread of life in a different wrapper. You need to be able to eat from my table and get something new every time you come. And um, I I mean, it was like, wow, I have so been doing this such with this structured outline you know do this don't do that we have classes and 29 steps to this and 30 steps to that and all this and god said i don't i don't do any of that i don't follow any of that you know yeah because when we're led by the spirit he does anything he wants any way he wants
1: well and i think cindy too like you know, you, you and your ministry have really been forerunners in what I really believe God is wanting to do on a much larger scale. And, you know, we have the benefit of having Cindy McGill on this earth, having gone through all this hard stuff and come out the other side of it and saying like, Hey, don't even, don't even bother with that mentality because it's fruitless. You know, um, yeah. I know you think it's important, but this is actually what's important. And, and so I think, um, there's this weird thing within i experienced this as an artist um but uh, there's this weird thing within christianity where everybody it's like the quiet part is that everybody longs for that freedom and that to walk in that freedom in the lord and and to just shed our burdens even as believers that like we we're talking about all those man-made structures we build up on sacred land and mm-hmm. you know all of us long to that but then someone else goes and does it and it looks different than what it looks like in our minds. so then we all like try to crucify that person and you are very well aware of this given how very unconventional unorthodox your evangelism is to these people you know but I really believe that that's going to be happening on a much larger scale and it's happening now. You know, there's a lot of people who are saying yes to Jesus because they're having encounters, but then the church that is made available to them to attend is not like the Jesus they just encountered on the street in some street evangelism event, you know, so
2: I had nowhere to send them. Yeah when they got born again and they felt the Holy spirit and they were speaking in tongues and they received Jesus. for the first time I had nowhere to send them. I couldn't send them anywhere that they wouldn't be blasted blasted for their lifestyle or what they were. The creatives have been the most abused. They, They have been the most abused by the church because they have a creative gift. They're designed with it. They're made with it. They're made for it. They're made to bring it an expression to the earth. And they wanted to, and they, they looked for a, a covering or a safety net or a place where they could do that. And they weren't allowed to because the church structure was so stiff and rigid and it didn't give them any place to. So it forced them out the doors of the church and into the desert. And so they began to create out there where they had freedom to do it. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what your friends are, the people that you were talking about. I, I've disconnected or I've dis- unplugged from. Christianity, because of the way it, they weren't unplugging from Christianity. They were unplugging from the religious side of things that Jesus unplugged from as well. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. He unplugged from that too. He didn't go around to- tooting his horn and making something, uh, some kind of he He did everything different. He did every kind of thing different. He, he healed people differently, he spoke to them differently. He he knew when power went out from him. He knew where to go and when to go, but he ultimately spent time with the father and he only did what he saw the father do and he only heard what the father say and then he would come back and the love was just oozing from him. I mean, you can't, you have to know he was packing something for him to just pass by. Um, Peter, just pass by. The guy's cleaning his nets from fishing. And he said, "Come, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." And it says, "Immediately, he dropped his net and went. He didn't even know his name. He didn't even know wh- who he was or what was." So you knew that there was a um, a power that was that was compelling, and it was drawing, and it was something that that Peter recognized to come immediately and and start following, and. I believe that the, the love of God is going to become greater and greater in the coming days. And that's, what's going to sustain us. That's what's going to keep us is that we are, we will know him and we're going to know his love and we're going to be, um, we're going to be satisfied in his love and we're going to be able to move in it with greater freedom. And we're not going to be trying to be something. Yeah, We're not going to be trying to be anything We're just going to be us with Christ Jesus living in us and he's going to do things and he's going to compel people to come in. And, um, and so, you know, we're, we're in a time of, I, 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 to me, I, I'm so thankful that I get to do what I get to do. And yeah. Is it hard? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to go out and spend 10 days in the desert, the Black Rock Desert of Nevada with, 70,000 people that don't believe what you do or don't think like you and they're all over the place and they're drugged out and they're having sex and they're doing all kinds of things and God said I didn't ask you to judge them you know he said I don't even look on the outward appearance I look right on their heart I know who they are Hmm. I know why they're doing this I know why they got themselves into this and why they're you know and then they would come in and we just welcomed them in whether they in whatever condition they came in and we just said hey would you like to have an encounter with the spirit of truth because <laughs> i needed one too right yeah so they're like yeah of course and then they said okay well, it's invitation just invite the spirit of truth to come and the holy spirit came they came all over them they were shaking uncontrollably they, their heads went back they were speaking in tongues i witnessed this myself and i'm like i can't even get the church to do this like yeah. you know <laughs> and they fall over on the floor And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, and I just had to put my hands up and say, Well, whenever they're done, they're done, you know, and then they would get up off the floor, dusty floor, some had clothes, some didn't have clothes. And they'd say, What just happened to me? And I go, you just had an encounter with the one who made you. Hmm. And they're like, Are you saying God? And I go, Well, I call him God. And they said, Are you Christian? And I said, I'm a follower of Jesus. And that's where my power comes from. So again, I didn't identify with their terminology of Christian because it's a semantical argument. right? And so I just said, I'm a follower of Jesus, and that's where my power comes from. And then their next statement was, how do I get this? That's what they said. So I didn't come to them with persuasive words and speech, but with the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit got a hold of them and And did what no preacher, <laughs> no good sermon, no good teaching series could do mm-hmm. and just radically in- impacted their lives. And people that had been into new age and been into Satanism, they'd been to every kind of thing, they'd been tra- dabbling in all things, looking for some answer to fill the God-shaped hole in their heart. But when they got in the presence and the Holy Spirit got a hold of them. Now they're like, "Oh my gosh, how do I what do I how do I get this? We see this at the porn convention too." You know, we just now we have a booth this year. I told you that, right? Mm-hmm. We bought a booth. It's expensive. We bought a booth. It's been it a while, standard. hasn't it? Yeah, we yeah. haven't. We've only had one other booth.
1: Yeah.
3: But,
2: you know, I was trying to navigate around last year and I was getting I was getting told, "Get out of here by uh agents, pimps, security." Um, you know, bouncers. And I thought, well, we're just going to have our own booth so they can come to us. And when they're off, when they're not working and we can do healing oil treatments, so we can put our hands on their back with oil and ask the the Holy Spirit to heal their bodies, you know, Mm -hmm. and they can spin the wheel, which is a little carnival wheel. And it has words of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And we have people who can minister and give words of life to them in non-religious words. Okay. And then that we can begin to show them, here's what I see about you, or here's what I, you know, here's what you settle for, but here's what you're made for. And I just feel like, well, we did this before one other time. We've been there 14 years. When we did this before, we had so many people surrounding our booth that we were asked, we were clogging up the aisle. And so we were asked to spread out, Mm.
3: you know.
2: And so we put wristbands on people and send them out through the crowd. And every we looked around at the end of four days, and about at least three quarters of the people if not more had wristbands still on their arm Wow, from coming and getting a a word. So um, burning man this year, I wasn't there at this flooding, but I have been there when it has flooded before. This one just got attention. Mm-hmm. This Burning Man event just got attention because of the flooding and the two days of it, and so let me clear up just a few things. They didn't lock the gate to keep people in. That was a lie from the media.
1: What the media lie, Cindy? <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, they didn't lock the gate to keep people out. They they locked the gate to keep people from coming in because it was if they were trying to navigate through that thick mud they would get stuck and there was no, nobody to come and help them. There wasn't anyone to come and help them because their tires would sink and they weren't able to navigate forward. They couldn't move forward. And so they were asking people don't drive until this, until this clears up and until the ground gets hard again. But what you had was vehicles that were already there. And then the, the mud came, the flood came, and the tires were sinking into that mud, which acts like clay. Yeah. And so then when it when it began to harden out, you had to chip away to get your tires free. So you could move because it's a leave no trace environment. Um, the other thing is there were not people walking around in hazmat suits. And um, that kind of thing, there was no Ebola breakout. That was in the news. They did have an exit plan. That was in the news. They don't have an exit plan. They don't know what they're, this is a skilled operation. Even the military came out because it was the the best run refugee camp they'd ever seen. Hmm. So they did have an exit plan and they had already gone through all the possibilities of what could happen if this happened or that happened or whatever. Um, The other thing was uh, mud eating, uh, disease infected a uh, flesh-eating mud or something like that. I don't know what it was. That that wasn't happening, and and so uh, the the leader of our camp this year happened to be an ER doctor. So not only was he able to help people with uh, supplies and that kind of thing because we had plenty, but they also he was able to help them with hypothermia and with hy- a, a dehydration and things like that. So he was an ER doctor from a hospital and he was the head of the camp this year.
0: Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit elijahfire.com/give and become a partner today.
2: So, there were just a lot of things that were really cool that took place. I didn't go this year because um, I and I I was planning to go, but I need a motorhome. My motorhome was destroyed in a wreck on the way down the last year I went. So I'm not going without a motorhome, but, um, but the other thing was they don't have internet. And I thought I'm going to stay back and I'm going to be their voice uh, on, on social media so that everyone knows what's going on. So they know how to pray.
3: Right.
2: And, but our camp was the only camp out there that was uh, a Christian camp that I know of.
3: Hmm.
2: There had always, there'd been like four or five, but this was the one that this was 20 years for our camp being out there. So I had a first-hand look at what was going in the years past. I have been stuck in the mud. I have been in those conditions and I know what that's like. So I had a pretty good understanding of what they were dealing with. um, When you can't move around and you can't walk around and you know, you're, you've got five inches of mud stuck to your boots and you can't get around and the porta potties are closed. And I had Mm -hmm. told the team, I said, make sure that you bring, Home Depot buckets and liners, because if they if there's rain, I kept saying that. Like I thought, why am I prompted to say this so much? Because there were 20 people on the team. I said, make sure that you have liners and that you have Home Depot buckets. Cause if it rains, they're going to close the porta potties down. You can't use them because they can't empty them. And sure enough, there were two days of rain. And it's the most they've ever seen. And the people said, Oh, well, that's judgment coming on these people. Well, God so loves the world, right? And it's not his will that anyone should perish. Yes. Are they doing stuff out there? Yeah. Is God going to bring some, some defining moments for them to, you know, because I'm watching them. I'm watching them. I know their mindset. I know what they think. I know what they're looking for and they haven't found it in church. So they're out there seeking. There's a temple out there so they're spiritually seeking. They're looking for hope and help. They just haven't found Jesus. Mm. They haven't found him. Yeah. And so I'm like, stop pronouncing judgment on a place where there's spiritual hunger. The whole world is now like that. Yeah. You can't even you can't go any. What about what about the the, the museum in in uh, Minnesota that had a, a an event? called it a family friendly event and said, bring your children so they can summon their demon to come and possess them. And I checked it out. It was a real thing. And they had really done that. Why? Why isn't that getting a judgment? It's like God is is drawing the line in the sand. It's like. um, God doesn't punish sin. Sin carries its own punishment. It's a it's a sowing and reaping thing. If you sow this, you're going to reap this. Right, because sin carries its own punishment once you do this, this is coming back on you, whatever a man sows, God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows that also shall he reap, so it's already there, it's already in the works, and God is rescuing people at the point where they are ready to have this thing come back on them that could be very destructive, and he's showing up. you can't get away from the fact that that. Uh, one of the fastest growing churches in the world right now, that's not religious, by the way, is in Iran. And it's because Jesus is showing up to them in dreams. Mm-hmm. And so they're leaving their Muslim mosques and they're empty. And people are having home groups. And they're getting, they're getting, they're understanding Jesus. They're 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 surrendering their lives to him. Because that's just the kindness and the goodness of God. That's just the way that he does it. It doesn't. There's not a hole too deep that you can dig and and cover yourself up that he can't find you. So I don't know. Maybe this will help you. Maybe it won't. But I've watched it myself, and I'm I'm just to the point where I'm like, you know what? We have got to start acting like he does.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: He told me if you're kind to my friends, I'll introduce you to them. Why did he have to say that to me?
1: Because you were being unkind. I was yeah.
2: just like everyone else. yeah. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. You know, you need to look at you. Look at how bad you are. Look at what things you've done. Have you ever stolen? Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Sign me up. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to burn in hell. It's life insurance. You're going to go to hell if you don't, you know, receive. And I'm like, it is. it either is or it is not the kindness of God. That leads people to repentance.
1: Well, and the sad part too, Cindy, with that is that people will read that verse and they'll go, well, yeah, yeah but, or they'll just completely forget that that exists. Like, okay, yeah, well, boy, they like the that. Kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Okay. It's a
2: supernatural kindness too.
1: So, yeah. So, I mean, man. No amount of strong arming somebody is going to get them to say, Oh, you know what? You're right. Mr. Person. That's not being nice to me right now. And super judgy. You're right. I should know this Jesus that you actually represent, you know, like it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. It doesn't work. Um, well,
2: I'm going to leave you with this. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm only responsible for myself. Yeah. Just me. I'm the only one that's going to stand before Jesus one day, and give an account of my life. Yeah. Me. I'm not going to stand before a church leader. I'm not going to stand before some anything. I'm not going to stand before them. I'm going to stand before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. So I have a responsibility myself, just to me, to be, to let God move through me in the way he wants. And to adjust me according to his own, his own pattern, the way that I'm made and the way that he's made in me. Right. I'm going to be the one. to to have to give an account of all the things. I can't change everyone. I can't change everyone's mind. What I can do is I can take people with me on outreaches and let God move through them the way they're made. And then they'll have an adjustment because that's what happened to me. And then they're gonna see that we are partakers of a divine nature. And it's not about us being great or wonderful or good. It's about us being real and human And it's about Jesus coming through and living through us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I've gotten over trying to argue with people and I've had, you know, being a pastor and, you know, Tim's a pastor and we've been there and we had an inner city church and we had every kind of person coming in there and they were all getting blown away by the Holy ghost and getting saved and living their old lifestyle. And they were coming to him and they were, they were getting free from all the stuff. Right. And so um, I, I'm like, this is, this is where it's going to be anymore. We have to learn how to live according to how God created us to live yeah. and just be normal and be human and be loving and embrace people at the point of the brokenness mm. and love uh-huh. them into a place where they want to talk to you. And, and you can tell them your story. That's how you overcome Satan is by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And so you can overcome him. You can literally diffuse him and make, make him not have no power because you're now telling the truth from your own experience. And now they're hearing it and they're like, oh, my gosh, if it can happen to her, it can happen to me. And then they feel the presence of God because we create a portal of his presence where we're gathered in his name. And then they're like, how do I want this? You know, I want this. That's what's happening on the street right now. You know. With all the salvations going on on the street, it's like there's this huge open heaven, and people are going, "I want that," and they're throwing their drugs on the stage and they're doing all these things with Sean mm-hmm. Foyt and with um, with Ross uh, Johnston and all these people, and they're like, "Bam!" It's and I'm going, "I I love this." People are coming out of their their uh, lifestyles that have been contrary to their their design and their purpose and what they were made for, and now they're hunting us down. They're they're hunting us down even at the porn convention, they remember us and they're like, Oh my gosh, you gave me a word last year. You, and and I'm, I'm, my contract's up and I'm ready to go on with it. What else do you see? Now we have a booth and we can say, come to the booth and we'll talk to you.
3: Come on, We'll help you
2: get some direction for your life ahead, you know? And, and because Jesus swallows up and I had all these pastors and people and leaders and you can't do this and you can't go in there. And I had one pastor say, You can't go to the porn convention. And I said, Well, do you want to go?
1: <laughs> like, oh uh... I said,
2: because because there's people in there that God told me are they're people praying for. And there's nobody to talk to them. So I'm I'm willing to go. But you know, don't tell me I can't go if God told me I can, mm. you know, kind yeah. of thing.
1: Yeah. So well, Cindy, um, why don't you go ahead and just pray for people? I know that we <laughs> talked a lot about like I just Pray for people's hearts. Honestly, I know um, I'm going
2: to pray yeah. just, I'm gonna, Lord. I'm just going to ask that you're going to do what you do. God, you're mm. going to reach every person the way that you know that they can be reached by mm. you. God, I want to ask you that you would just soften us up and Lord you would help us get rid of things that don't belong in our lives, religion and, and addiction and stuff like that. God, I just want to pray that you would just bring your presence into our home and into our kids and into our lives and into our marriages and into our every area of our life, God. And Lord, that you are going to show us your way and we're going to walk in your truth. Mm-hmm. Lord, that you're going to give us the ability to see you and hear you and know you and to move forward in you and to, to let go of things that have been keeping us prisoners. Lord, I just thank you for the unshackling of all of our risks and all of our stuff and all of the ways that we've thought. And I wanna ask you, God, to forgive us for being such idiots and just doing what we do. And Lord, just all the things that that we thought were good. And I I, I just thank you that you're so, so good. Your mercy is everlasting. It is fresh. Your mercies are new every single morning, you know, and you're faithful, you're faithful to keep us. And you're faithful to teach us, and you're faithful to help us walk out these days that we have on this earth. And God, I just pray that you would teach us how to be in peace. You said you would keep us in peace when our minds are stayed upon you. And so I just want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you, Lord, for open doors. Yes, Lord. we, We just want to walk through the open doors that you have on this earth right now, especially right now when people are so anxious and they're confused and they don't know what's coming and they're, they're, They feel like they're unprotected. And I want to pray, God, that you put a canopy of protection over everyone that calls on your name and is looking in your face. And I just thank you for doing that. And I thank you, Jesus, because you're so good. And we just want to to see your goodness. You're going to show us your goodness, Lord, and your mercy. In the land of the living, you're going to give us (laughs) the goodness and the mercy. You're going to show us how to do it. Even when deep darkness has covered people, you're going to help us be able to know how to navigate days ahead and take authority over stuff that you've given us authority over. So thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I just, I really feel to say again, just soften our hearts. Yes, Lord. God, soften us up. Just let us take a breather here and stop trying to do everything that you're God, you're the Lord, and we're just available to you as vessels. So mm-hmm. we just thank you for that. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, Cindy, uh, you got a new book out. Tell people yeah. how they, Tell what is the new book. <clears throat>
2: and how well, able- it's a kind of an addendum to the old one. Uh, not the old one. The old one is not old. Words That Work is the new book. It's Words That Work, A Language of Light to a world living in darkness. It's how to reach woke culture. And then this is methods to end the madness. It's a field guide. It'll teach you how to build your teams of, of outreach people, how to learn how to pray, how to build your intercessors, um, what you can look at, how you can, um, remove certain things from your, uh, ways, your methods that we've been using and, um, to be available to him, to, to navigate, like, like I call it fluid you know, we're just kind of fluid. We're just kind of moving yeah. with him. Yeah. And, um and then uh, also I do, dream, I do courses. I have a learn and launch, which does not have an outreach in it. It's just for you to learn the strategies and the ways that we're dealing with how to, how to reach people that live differently than we do and how, how to live, um, how to uh, speak language. Like so many parents are concerned about their kids that are trapped up in same sex or they're transgender. Are they, pronouns and all these things. And it's like, you're not going to reach them, but somebody, God's going to appoint someone to reach them. And so, and, but you're going to be, you can create another pathway of, of communication with them. You can go on a dream journey with them. You can learn to interpret dreams together. And so that'll bring you into a whole new way of being connected without it being uh, them feeling like they're disappointing you mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and God is the one I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've watched it. I'm still watching it. I'm watching people come out of lifestyles that you never thought they would. And God says, I just have a better plan. And they're like, what is it? And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is so good for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I want that. Then they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and everything changes from that moment on. And then they they ask, how do I get this? And you go, there's a hookup, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I've seen it myself. I'm watching. God counts by ones, just so you know. He, he goes, he leaves 99 and goes after one. And so he's still doing that and he'll, he'll count by ones and people just leave their lives and they say, I'm, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. And we're in a season of two kingdoms colliding, a kingdom of light, which is a salvation. It's a huge um, time for people to, to come to know him, the real him. And then it's also a time where deep darkness is covering the, uh, people and they're, they're like, I'm, I'm going to go one of two ways on this, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but yeah, so this will be good. And you can go to my website, cindymiguel.org, you can order the book, you can help us uh, go to the um, on our outreaches. <laughs> you know, the, the, the people that don't know them don't pay us to reach them, right? So mm-hmm. uh, and I thank the people that have been uh, donating and giving because it's been so incredibly good wonderful for us. And it's helped us so much because we're not having to go with a limp, you know, we're Mm, able to go with enough finances to take care of things. And we don't have to worry about, um, about money, or about any of that, because it costs us a lot to get a booth and a lot to get in there. And then we stay sustain ourselves for four days Mm -hmm. in the event. And then we have other Burning Man type events. And then we have Burning Man coming up again, the end of August. Um, Mm. So I'm just saying, there's there's some, there's some good things happening. We're doing outreaches all the time now, mm-hmm. and I have a learn a, a learn and launch, and I have a destination training outreach and adventure, and that does have an outreach with it. And so the next one we're doing is in Austin. We're calling it Austin Outer Limits. Nice. <laughs> Instead nice. of city limits, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you know they're just a bunch of burners. I think of yeah. people that have been to Burning Man they know what it is, and so. We're doing that the first part of December. And then um, I have my outreach to Vegas in January. So
1: man, moving and grooving Cindy McGill. So everybody, uh, because we're nice, we put a link to uh, to her latest book in there. So that's the companion to Words That Work, uh, Methods to End the Madness. So please go buy that, uh, support Cindy McGill. Um, and if you don't have Words That Work, highly recommend it. It even has a little glossary in the back so you can like, Hey, say this word instead of that word and stuff. Yeah, So super this, handy. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to picking up this book as well. Um, so everybody also links are in the description. If you're not following her currently, please do that as well. So Cindy, thank you so much. Oh, so I appreciate me. you. You, you, <laughs> you look, guys look. are
2: some of my favorite people.
1: Oh, oh
2: Cindy. <laughs> oh, it's true.
1: Yeah. Well, you're we I just love how feisty you are. I'm like, yeah, say it. <laughs> like when you're like, I'm just gonna say it, you know, I'm like, please say it. Say the thing. So I know. you know, we really appreciate that about you, Cindy, and never stop. I know you oh, don't well. need my permission, but
3: yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah.
2: I know. I got I got free from the fear of man a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah,
1: it's a good place to be. So. Yeah, it is. So everybody have a blessed day. Tune in tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday and we've got Jesse Green back on and she's going to be talking about the Debra's and Esther's arising. One of them is sitting right here right now. So <laughs> um, it, that's going to be a great conversation. You guys, uh, that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. We love you guys and we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye.
0: This has been Elijah fire. Thanks for listening.